This program is part of Film Geek Radio. Visit filmgeekradio.com for more great shows. Hey everybody, this is Andrew. I just wanted to go ahead and apologize for the delay in getting this final Season 1 Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast wrap-up episode out to you guys. We recorded it shortly after the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finale, and then I thought, you know what? Let's just wait a while. Let's wait a while and give everybody some time to process what happened on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this season. So then when you hear the episode, you've had a little bit more time to process what went down. So anyways, that was my reasoning behind the wait. Uh, but it's here now, and I hope you enjoy it. Big thanks again to Simon Abrams uh, from RogerEbert.com for joining us for this discussion. He's an incredible guy, very, very smart, knows a lot about comics and film and television, and you should all go check out his work when you get a chance. He's a wonderful writer. Also, quick announcement, Cinema Fix will be returning this summer, uh, hopefully sometime next week. We will have a new episode of Cinema Fix out for you guys to enjoy. We'll be talking about some summer movies. Also, beginning this week, I am hosting a new weekly podcast with Charlie Nash about the HBO series The Leftovers. So, if you're a fan of the previous podcasts I've done with Charlie on Dexter and Homeland and True Detective... Be sure to check that out. We're looking forward to the show. Hopefully, it'll be worth your time to check out. So the name of that show is The Tupperware Party, and it premieres this week. Tune into that. Thanks for all your support this season. And without further ado, here is our final wrap-up episode on Season 1 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Enjoy! This is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast, your source for the best analysis of the ABC television series, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. With your host, Agent Andrew Johnson. If they can bring back Clark Gregg, maybe they can bring back Ed Norton. That'd be weird. Agent Bibbs Bibiani. I got all my ideas from Mr. Belvedere. Come on. Agent Gwen Reyes. Anybody that's not a huge Joss Whedon fan just really needs to pack up their whole life and move to another continent. And Agent Rod Morrow. I feel like someone just ran into your room and gave you a wedgie and then ran back out. They are the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division Critical Analysis Strike Team, a.k.a. The Shieldcast. Agents Assemble. This is episode number 26 of the Agents of Shieldcast. This is Film Geek Radio's weekly podcast devoted exclusively to discussion of the ABC TV series Marvel's Agents of Shield. I'm Agent Andrew Johnson, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division Critical Analysis Strike Team, aka the Shieldcast. First up, he is an all-around comics enthusiast and the founder of the Black Guy Who Tips Podcast Network, Agent Rod Morrow. Uh, yo, what's going on, everybody? Um, glad to uh, be putting a bow on this thing. Yeah, yeah, it's our last episode of the season. I'm sad things are coming to an end, but I think we're going to go out on a good note. Uh, next up, she is a writer for RealVixen.com and a member of the Television Critics Association, Agent Gwen Reyes. Hi, guys. I'm so glad to be back for our last conversation. Yay, I'm so glad that we have a feminine perspective uh, back on the show. It's good to have you back, Queen. Yeah, I'm just here to rate shirtless moments. <laughs> that sounds okay. Uh, unfortunately, Agent Bibbs could not be here with us uh, this week. He is very busy, but we decided to come together and talk about Season 1 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. anyway. Uh, together, we are the S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. We strive to take both an enthusiastic and critical approach to Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so there's a little something for everyone. Don't forget, you can always email us at shieldcast at filmgeekradio.com and access all of our episodes through iTunes and Stitcher. If you like us, please leave us a review. That really helps us out a lot. 
And uh, be sure to leave us a voicemail at 336-793-2509 and let us know what you thought of the S.H.I.E.L.D. cast and Season 1 of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, this show is being recorded live at Spreecast.com. To receive updates on when we'll be recording live next, if we decide to come back for Season 2, just search for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast with all of the periods in there and sign up to be alerted for whenever we do a live recording. Uh, you can also follow any of us on Twitter for information on when we will be coming back next season. Uh, we'll give out those handles at the end of the show. But uh, before we get started, I have a very special guest to introduce. We've been trying to have him on for a long time, and I'm glad we finally managed to get him on now to discuss the season as a whole. He is a writer for RogerEbert.com, Esquire, uh, The Village Voice, AV Club, and several other prestigious outlets. Simon Abrams, welcome to the Shieldcast. Thank you very much, Andrew. I, I really appreciate being on there. Yeah, yeah, I'm really glad to have you on. I remember uh, we had you on another show on Film Geek Radio a while ago. We had you on Cinema Fix to discuss uh, Kick-Ass 2, I believe, and that was a lot of fun, and I know you you read a lot of comics, you write a lot about comics, and you're very familiar with the uh, the Marvel universe, both in the comics and the films, so I'm excited to hear what you have to say about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, basically... This is just our season wrap-up episode. We're just going to be talking about season one as a whole. So to get things started, Simon, I would like to just start with you. What did you think of the first season of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Not much, unfortunately. I mean, I just read this tremendous piece at Grantland about the the series, and um, I think it's called Have We Reached Peak Superhero? And it's a really fantastic piece. It captures a lot of my own ambivalence about the series as a whole. I mean... Right now, I I see some things in the show that could actually be something good, but you know, having watched X Men: Days of Future Past, I was trying to pinpoint like why it felt like that film cleared such a low bar, and I felt like a lot of these projects, especially a lot of the recent Marvel movies, none of them seem to have like the confidence that you would get from like an artist who's like, okay, I know who my versions of these characters are, I'm going to move forward with that. I felt like Agents of Shield more often than not, like a show that was and this is a phrase that people use a lot when they describe superhero films, but it felt like it was made by committee. It felt like a show that was very much like, well, okay, people seem to be complaining that we don't have enough uh, actual characters, so we'll throw them a bone. And here you go. Here's Sif, everybody. Sif. It's like, really? Not what we want. And Or like the random insertion of Deathlock and just like all this stuff that like, it just didn't seem to come together. Like when they finally got to the, the stuff um, about Hydra, it just felt like... Um, it just felt like it was it was some of the worst stuff in shows like Lost where, you know, they draw it out and it's not the fact that they don't have a plan that I mind. I mean, writers do that all the time. It's, you know, it's part of it's part of uh, being part of a, a writer's group for a TV show. But what pissed me off about season one more often than not was the fact that I watch the show and I, I hear like these like really obnoxious, pointedly vague terms like, oh, the clairvoyant, the clairvoyant's going to happen. Like, oh, we're going to go to the guest house. Like this stuff that like it just feels like the worst impulses of writers like Damon Lindelof and uh, Robert Orkey and uh, or is it Alex Orkey and uh, Kurtzman, Orkey and Kurtzman. There we go. It feels like the stuff that like you write in a first draft. It just it seems so basic. And even the later episodes after we get through tracks and through that stuff, there just seems to be, like, a bit of a lag. Like, there's there's little bits of humor that I appreciated. I just wish they were more consistent. Like, it, it definitely feels like of a piece with a, uh, like, a Joss Whedon-type show. But at the same time, like, I felt, I really wish it stopped being cute and just, like, buckle down and did it. Like, that one episode, I can't 
time I had that stupid episode with Lorelai, where um, she uh, brainwashes that group of bikers, and like she has that showdown with Sif. Like we're just pandering because like yeah, we kind of wanted the series to tie into the Marvel universe, but as Mark Harris put it, like it seemed that an execution. This show was basically served as an off ramp on and off to the Marvel movies. So you would watch the show, get on back to the movies, and then get off again. So it would basically fill time between movies and make you feel like you always had some kind of content to dig into. But more often than not, I just felt like I don't know who these characters are. Like I, I don't really care who Melinda is or that she oh, she's she's icy and she's a stone cold uh tactician. Okay, great. Or the the um, the stupid uh, Fitz and Simmons stuff like it's just so precious and it just it felt n- none of it really felt like these guys and these characters were more than just sketches like I I got really frustrated watching the show because it wasn't just marking time it was just I never felt like it added anything to the Marvel universe and in the films that is I never really felt like it gave me a reason to care basically. I am ranting at this point, so I should I should just <laughs> lock it down. <laughs> oh come on, Simon! You didn't even like Fitz and Simmons, really? Come on, you gotta. Fitz and Simmons were were kind of okay. They were funny. They were cute. Uh, oh, I, I I'm I'm actually kind of surprised to hear you come down so harshly on the show uh, because I know a lot of critics didn't like the show when it started out, but a lot of people really came around in the second half of the season, and it sounds like you just really didn't care for it all the way through. And I'm wondering, is it is it you just don't think it worked from a storytelling point of view? Is it you're very familiar with the comics and don't like how they really played with the mythology? Is there is there anything in particular that just really killed the show for you? I think it's honestly the execution more than anything else. Like these characters for the most part don't exist in the Marvel universe. Um and I don't really mind like there's one or two things that I as a nerd I'm kind of fascinated by because it tells you some things like you know the fact that Deathlock is black and uh it's kind of interesting because rich buckler the guy that created him always made a point to say that um no he's a white guy he's just gray he's discolored and his wife happens to be black and his son happens to be black so they're like he was he considered himself to be kind of boundary pusher boundary pushing in that way because you know this is the first interracial couple in marvel history it was kind of interesting that they just basically, you know, split the difference. We were just like, no, he's going to be black. So I think that 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 kind of bugged me a little. But you know, that's just a minor blip. I think more than anything else, like there, since there is no established history to a lot of these characters, and let's face it, who really cares about Sif? Like, unless you're actually reading to whatever the hell uh, spinoff title she's as a journey into mystery or something, Agents of Asgard. I have no, I have no idea what it is. But um, it's unless you're actually actively invested in this stuff. You know, comparisons aren't really that important. What mattered to me was that by the time we get into uh, what Harris in his piece called like the uh, kind of alias type vibe that the show assumed and became like an espionage show with the stuff with Hydra and who is double crossing who, the stuff was fine. It was certainly a cut above what we got in the first uh, half of the series, but it just it felt. It felt slight even by that standard. Like I kind of wanted it to really kick into to overdrive and just do something um, that wasn't just a lot of ironic winks at like, oh, we know who it is, Bill Paxton's character. We see him slapping, what's his name, uh, Ward around. 
and uh, we know this, and it's basically a matter of biding your time and waiting. And I just felt like the direction of the show and the the like the one-liners, like the plot, just felt really draggy, and it just felt like I mean, more than anything else, it's the reason why I don't even like the Avengers movie that much. It's because like it just felt really contrived. Like by now, I've resigned to the I'm resigned to the fact that as a comic nerd, I know these stories, I know these characters, and even in comics, there's constantly reboots and new origin stories and new retcons and you know what distinguishes them is always a matter of execution it's always a matter of like well what are you what are you doing what like what what's your handle on the character and what are you bringing to the table and i just never really felt like beyond the fact that poor agent colson is constantly being like betrayed left and right like oh no i got brought back by a dead alien oh no agent like they, they can trust me oh no they're watching me it's like all this stuff like this poor guy it's i i felt like after a certain point I'm like jesus christ this guy started off as such a milk toast little guy and now i'm just like you need a hug buddy you were you you've been through a lot <laughs> beyond that like i just really I, I couldn't i don't know i couldn't really hang with the show it just like i wanted more deathlock i wanted more like more something to hang on to, like some kind of dynamic. Like I like the the Bill Paxton character a lot. I thought he was one of my favorites just because maybe it's maybe it was Paxton's performance, but I thought he had some great lines and the winking nudges that he had to the past with Colson and um, like that scene in that episode where he's like talking about how he story uh, that he uses on um, Melinda. It's like that's not how that happened. It's like oh really? That's how I remember it. Like that. I love that exchange. That was kind of fun. I wish there was more stuff like that. I just felt, I wish it felt like that was what the show was about rather than like it felt like a reprieve from like, okay, now we're going to drag this out a little more. We're going to have Ward wander around and, oh, look, Patton Oswalt cameo. Wait, what? Huh? It's just like, or it's like, where are we now? Like Providence. Like, like each episode feels like there's two or three key plot points that need to be established and everything else feels like clearing time for it. I mean, this happened with shows like Fringe early on and lost a lot it just felt like you could wikipedia this stuff and you'd be perfectly okay like there's there's no richness to the plot or beyond that for me i don't know all right well uh i'm, I'm gonna ignore the fact that you said you didn't like the avengers because even as someone who who has some problems with the show and has disliked a lot of the recent Mar- uh, marvel movies i love the avengers and i know most people love the avengers but i'm gonna let that slide and i'm gonna throw it over to rod because I, I, it sounds like you really, really dislike the show, Simon. And I know out of all of us, Rod is probably the person who loved the show the most. So, Rod, how about you throw in your two cents? Well, first of all, um, I, I heard the episode of Cinema Fix with um, Simon on there, and I thought he was uh, really good um, about kick-ass and stuff and how the comic material compared to the movie material. So um, that was cool. As far as... Uh, it's the shield, man. I enjoyed the first season a lot. Um, I, I went in kind of with, uh, low expectations in the first place because, um, I think what they were trying to do was really ambitious. Or I didn't think that comic books lend themselves to, uh, doing a lot of stuff well. Um, uh, but I thought they, I thought they acquitted themselves. I think it started slow, but there was a lot of build up. And by the end, uh, it felt very Whedon-esque. And that's pretty much all I could ask from, the show um and it actually got a little bit darker um by the end so i'm actually still hopeful for next season when they move to nine and uh kind of continue this trend but uh to me the main enemy of the show wasn't the writing or 
you know, the, the, the liberties they took with characters, it was really the breaks. Like there, there were so many breaks between episodes that I think it really, um, yeah, you know, hurt the momentum of the show where if, you know, I think people who watch this on Netflix or Amazon or something who binge watch it are going to get a, going to end up liking the show more than people like us who watched it from week to week because, um, Absolutely. It, uh, what happened was a period in, in time where, um, my wife wanted to catch up with the show and she got back behind by like five or six episodes. So I sat down and watched it with her and, uh, rewatching them. I picked up more stuff. I enjoyed them more. Uh, you know, just being able to go right to the show, it felt like the buildup was better. And, um, I think that, um, that those are the main, uh, takeaways that I had from it was like momentum was everything for this. And I enjoyed it. I do think the payoff of um the uh Colson story was not that great. Um I enjoyed some of the other moments uh and how it got a little bit a little bit light at the end with uh Sam Jackson's return and their back and forth and some of that stuff. So I, I thought it was a good mix of you know, uh a bunch of things and messing with the characters that they had uh created and the archetypes they had created, but you know, at the same time, like I said, I don't, I wasn't expecting like, you know, Breaking Bad level or, you know, whatever. Um, I actually enjoyed it. And even with, um, you know, a show like Lost, I didn't hate Lost the whole time it was on. It wasn't until like, you know, the very end when, when it seemed like we were never going to get answers to some stuff that I hated Lost. But, you know, I, I feel like, you know, this, this build, this built up well and it's the foundation of, uh, material that I want to see continued in the season two. All right. Well, I'm not going to say a whole lot about my overall thoughts. I'm going to wait until we kind of get into to more specific stuff. I said a lot of what I felt when we discussed the finale. Basically, I th- this show to me it's it's a it's a guilty pleasure. I watch it. I like it mostly. It's like it's fun, but I don't think it's great television. I don't think it's doing any particular any anything really groundbreaking or innovative. I don't even think it's doing most things really well a lot of the time. It's just kind of there, and I can turn it on and have a good time. And occasionally there will be some good banter, and there might be a few plot lines that I'm interested in. But I do think that the writing needs a lot of work. And, I, I you know, Simon, I'm not quite as harsh on it as you are, but I do think you're right when you say that a lot of the times – it feels like there are just a, a few main plot points they're trying to rush along, and a lot of things just feels like uh, like filler. That I'm, I'm hoping that in season two they just really figure out what story they want to tell, where they want to go, and they just focus on making that as tight and as interesting as possible. Um, because there were stu- there were things I liked about season one, there were things I didn't like about season one. Overall, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, that was all right. I'm, I'll probably tune into season two, but I wasn't particularly uh, blown away. But uh, Gwen, I'm really curious to know what you thought of of season one overall because it's been a while since you've been on the show. We didn't quite get to to hear what you thought of the last few episodes of the season. So let me ask you, what did you think of the way season one wrapped up, and how do you feel about the season as a whole? Well, I definitely have to agree that my biggest problem with the show had always been the kind of mismatchy stories were all over the place. There was no clear, concise mission and hypothesis for the whole show. And that, or thesis, not hypothesis, that was always my problem with it. And and I felt, 
Like, they really came out really strong near the end. These last six episodes were really, really good and really set up a lot for season two that I'm really excited about. And with the move to 9 p.m., which is what I have been hoping for all season long, I think that they're really going to have a lot more freedom. So I'm really, really excited about that part. What did you think about the breaks? Oh, I hated the breaks. I thought I, I totally agree with you. I think that the breaks were a huge problem. But I remember when I went on set and they were saying it takes them a month and a half to make one episode. There's just no way that they can be able to put one episode out and keep up a 12 month uh, schedule. It's just like nearly impossible to do that. Um, I think that the show would also benefit to not be a 22 episode show. I think it would be really good to be a 13 episode show. I actually agree with you. I think 13 episodes could be fantastic. One of the things I thought about when uh, after the season was over was that there's not a lot of 22 episode shows on TV anymore anyway. At least not serialized dramas. And this one, is that's the problem I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had was it wasn't it was bordering on episodic and serialized and it was constantly deciding, are we procedural, which is what it really was at the beginning of the season. And then it really became more, more serialized in these last 11 episodes. And that's way more interesting to me. And I think that that's where film, that's where television is. Yeah. And that's where that would, that would be a much better thing for it to be really like a live action comic book. Well, also with the advent of like, cable tv um and and all those other shows out like amc and fx and stuff getting into the market i think we've kind of become conditioned to faster storytelling because it's you know eight to 13 episodes on every you know everything now you know it's it, it, mm-hmm. it you know get it in get it over with kind of and the revelations come fast and heavy and this one had a lot of slow burn stuff to it where you know it would that didn't really pay off too did you feel like a lot of the things that they slow burned ever paid off like we met characters at the beginning half of the season that never even really met anything yeah i think um a couple of them didn't pay off like specifically ward's background i don't think that was a big Mm -hmm. payoff um and um colson's resolution which was basically just hey but let's have some bro time (laughs) didn't really um pay off but like other things that i think would not like, ironically, I think Ward's betrayal would not have worked if they hadn't set him up as the boar uh, and the kind of, uh, you know, um, completely. Bl- Even though we were saying from the beginning that it would be so great if Ward was a tricky, sleazy dude, we were like, well, they'll never do that. And then they did. And that was kind of fun. We were talking about characters that we never fell through on. I just, I, I just want more Peter McNichol. He was my favorite part of the first half of season one. Mm-hmm. That one episode where he turns out being as Guardian mm-hmm. Berserker. Yes, yes. <laughs> one of the it's few well. good things about that episode. I also enjoyed the payoff with Deathlock. Man, I actually liked the Deathlock character, and um, you know, I did. Now maybe it's because I'm biased. I didn't mind that he was black. Um, also love me some J. August Richards. So I was really hoping they would find a way to have him stick around because. I thought he was a good addition to the cast uh, as a character. And, um, you know, plus, like, basically, Black Fatherhood saved the season. So I was uh, cool with that. <laughs> oh. It's the kind of thing that it could, if they make him black, I was kind of curious if they would make the wife white, you know? That, that dynamic was always sort of in the background of the character. And it's something that the creator was always kind of proud of. Mm. And again, it's nothing really important, but I was just kind of curious what the rationale behind it was. Because I think it basically suggests by implication that, like, you can't have an interracial couple 
And that to me is kind of offensive. Absolutely. It's kind of it's kind of strange, you know. And it's well, not modern. Me, did we I ever mean, see the, the wife? Did anymore. they did they ever confirm that the wife is black? Did we ever meet the wife? I I'm not sure. I mean, we we see his kids certainly. Um, hmm. I think it might be like in an early first episode or so, like the one. Um, but I don't. I'm not. I'm not remembering very well. Um, I don't think we ever saw his wife, so it's still possible that they could introduce her at some point. And maybe she is white. I, I, you know. Yeah. Plus, I mean, the thing is, they took some liberties with a lot of stuff on there. But um, I guess that was just one that I didn't really, you know, care about or whatever. So, um, and then I like J. August Richards as an addition to the cast. So it kind of, you know, it like to me it never it was like a moot point. And sometimes the other thing is in comic books, I know it's a um, uh, like people don't like some of the race bending stuff, but. I like when they bend something towards, uh, you know, uh, a, a somewhat like a, a, a minority or a gender that they weren't, because um, a lot of times it's it's the only way to kind of get those characters into the show. Um, you know, as somebody that watches some stuff, you know, that is of color, um, I, I kind of, you know, enjoyed this this. Uh, oh, cool, we're gonna get, uh, you know, we're gonna get uh, a, a J. August Richards involved in this in this show in more than just a tangential way i actually really wanted when they were first talking about the captain america movie there was that rumor that they were going to have will smith play captain america and all the nerds were kind of losing their shit about it and that was one reason i wanted it to be a black cat but i actually was really excited because there actually is a storyline um called uh truth red white and uh red white and black Mm -hmm. and it's about a uh a failed proto steve rogers captain america who happens to be black there was they were experimenting the super serum on uh black test subjects and i would have fucking loved a movie about that um that would have been amazing um but there was also um i mean i, I love the fact that they got um what's his name idris elba to play heimdale i mean like the character is really boring so the fact that you have a charming guy like idris elba I'm like fuck yeah why not Idris Elba should play all roles ever when Michael Fassbender's not playing them. Such a handsome dude. The thing is, too, like, um, a lot of people, like, uh, like, I don't know if they would have been ready for Red, White, and Black, uh, even though, you know, it's one of my favorite storylines. Um, uh, I, I think people would have probably had some, some, uh, we would have we had to deal with some major nerd backlash, but I wouldn't have minded it at all. But, um, I don't even mind, you know, like, uh miles morales as the new spider-man or you know things like that where uh there's some thought given to it and it's kind of um you know kind of fun or whatever but um for this specific interest like if if there would have been uh any character i would have been fine and i still think that there were interracial relationships on the show i think melinda may uh, counts as a different race than um award so um i don't think it was like a message of like you can't do this shit on television at, at least that's not the vibe that i got and i'm always looking for that shit anyway i i think it's actually an extension of what's already happened in the marvel comics Wait, one, one last thing one last thing uh <laughs> agent agent triplet and um simmons was is definitely being teased as a love interest thing too so i don't think the show has super that, down that, yeah i love, don't think the I'm show shipping has them interest. super hard me Not too hard. they need to do it trip tripmans yeah simlet simlet <laughs> simlet it is no 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 they all three of them need to get together okay fitz fitz simlet is what we need 
fits it. Ooh, it's like a poly relationship. I don't know if ABC can handle that. That's some straight up Fox nonsense right there. I mean, Simon, Simon wants them to push some boundaries, so let's do it. Let's just go all out. That would be awesome. All right. Well, um, let, I, I want to talk about some specific episodes. I'm curious as to what you guys think were the best and worst episodes of the season. Simon, I'm, I'm going to start with you. I, I mean, I know I get the impression that you didn't really enjoy season one, but were there any episodes that stood out to you as pretty good or, or better than the rest? I mean, I like the Peter McNichol episode just because it kind of proved that like the monster of the week format or the the case of the week format the procedural format that Gwen was highlighting you know it could work it could work as long as there's like sufficient charm on screen like there's just something some hook to hold me hold to to, to draw me in and I, I love Peter McNichol and pretty much anything so seeing him and there was the the whole aspect of like the uh yes guardian rage stick or whatever that was and like there's just like <laughs> There's just, there was something really charming about that episode in like a very low stakes kind of way. I'm struggling to think of one that I really like beyond that. I think the one where he turns into Deathlock was all right. That one certainly held my attention. Um, my problem is that there are isolated parts of episodes that I enjoy more than actual full episodes. Like I like a lot of the stuff with Bill Paxton. I think he's a charming guy. I think he's very uh, engaging. Um I think a lot of the stuff with Coulson like got better as the season got on. Like, I mean, admittedly, I'm I'm biased because um, I watched the back half of it preparing to interview Clark Gregg, so I was kind of watching for him, and, and maybe that influenced me. But like, I think his character just got more interesting, and you just really felt for him by the end. You're just like, holy crap! I mean, like, is there anything else they're not telling him? Like, seriously, what? What other rugs can they throw out from under him? This is ridiculous. This poor guy. And um, I just, I really like that. Um, but as for, like, worst episode, like, everything else. Like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard because there's a lot of just, like, really bad elements that kind of outweigh some of the really great, exciting things that we see on the show. I would just like to point out that Simon's favorite episode is The Well. And that is the episode that I think the rest of us have been yeah, we really harsh episode. on the entire <laughs> season. We hated that episode. And I believe we may have even joked, you know, guys, somewhere out there, there's a person whose favorite episode is The Well. Oh, we found that person. It's Simon Abrams. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we're glad that... I, 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 honestly, I'm... I'm, I'm so thrilled that we found someone who liked that episode and now that you're talking about it i'm kind of like oh yeah that's right that was the one that peter mcnichol was in i guess it wasn't all bad he's a little man i mean what can i say i, I enjoy watching him scamper around and he makes my day i don't i don't know what to say you can sound point. like he's uh, a mouse <laughs> well he's a he's like a small woodland creature like he just belongs in his own little fantasy series like they should get him for Whatever fancy series they try to compete, try to make the next Harry Potter, you know? <laughs> She'd be like a professor or something. Oh my well, Gwen, what were your favorite episodes and least favorite episodes of the season? Well, one of my favorite episodes came really early. It was episode three called The Asset, which is the one that we had Ian yes. Hart in playing Dr. Frankenhall, where we kind of learn about the fridge or the freezer. And I really love that episode. And I think that that's... Kind of like how Simon loved the last one. This one's because I love Ian Hart, and I just think he's the best creepy little actor in the entire world. 
But I really like that. And it was the first time I had seen with the show that there was some potential to kind of go dark, which is what I've been wanting this whole time for the show to go, because I just think that's what comic book film watchers really want, and that's what they want in their TV shows. And then I also really loved the, I think it was Providence, was the second Patton Oswald episode. I really liked that one a lot. All right, and what did you dislike? You know what, I'll be honest, I hated the pilot. I will be more than honest to say that I was one of the rare ones who hated the pilot. I did not think that, that there was anything in that that I wanted to watch. And if I had wow. been a normal consumer, I don't think I would have stuck with the show at all. And I'm happy I did because I really do enjoy the show. All right, Rod, your favorite episodes and least favorite episodes. Oh, man. First of all, there's so many favorite episodes. It's like trying to pick a favorite kid. Um, <laughs> the the, the, the set was, was great to me. Um, that was one of my favorites. Um, but uh i spy with agent amador i was really hoping she would come back at some point because i enjoy her character and her history with uh colson i really wanted to see that get explored but they didn't kill her so maybe you know fingers crossed we get to see next year um the hub was great when we got introduced to kind of like you know them and their bigger uh you know uh the bigger uh role that they play in shield and like how they were kind of the outcast and uh that really came into play down the stretch because um I remember saying like, you know, the first six episodes, which is basically just them in a plane, we kind of get this feeling like, well, this is just the way shit is with S.H.I.E.L.D., just kind of quirky. And then when you get to the hub, you realize, no, this is more like the military and Colson and these guys are kind of um out of line, you know, like, they, like they're kind of not doing doing things the right way. Um, the bridge, of course, is a great episode, man. Uh, I almost cried because I thought my man Mike Peterson had died, man, and uh, that hurt. But uh, you know, I was glad that uh, you know, we found out that he was still alive. Uh, I thought Tracks was a great episode with the time grenades and the way they told that story. Um, uh, where you're just trying to figure out what happened, uh, and they're telling it from everyone's different perspective, and then kind of at the end they get the, the you know the magic trick revealed. Um, I thought that was cool. Um, I, I actually enjoyed the controversial episode, uh, Yes Men with, uh, Lorelai and Lady Sith. Um, I enjoyed, first of all, I just enjoyed the character of Lady Sith. I, I thought she wasn't exploited enough in, uh, Thor 2. Um, and I thought that, um, you know, it felt like they left some of her stuff on the cutting room floor with the love interest of Thor and, and how that was supposed to be a triangle and it never really came to fruition. But uh I enjoy her on Earth and um seeing like a actual live action stronger and better than you hero interact with the team. And of course everything around the time of um Captain America two, um and the way that it tied into the movie I thought was just brilliantly done. Um and it felt like I was you know, it felt like I was getting uh bonus features for the movie where it's like here's what happens two hours before the movie and here's what happens immediately after you watch the movie um you know and uh that was pretty cool uh and uh that like and then uh, and of course i i actually enjoyed the finale because uh, i like me some uh jackson and uh, i thought their their rapport was pretty good okay were there any episodes that you really hated rod any at all yeah, what I didn't like, girl in the flower dress, I thought was terrible. I hated how they, the Asian dude with the fire powers, like he was just so uh, 
pointless um so that wasn't too that wasn't cool i thought the uh magical place uh was kind of a letdown after we came back from what a month waiting after the a bridge and you get it and it's kind of like it doesn't really reveal much other than uh a, that other than Tulsa had his brain worked on somehow but we kind of knew something you know like we just knew something that happened to him to bring him back anyway and so i, I didn't feel like that was a huge reveal that was about it, man. I didn't hate the well as much as you guys. I would say overall, I'm kind of in in the middle. Like I said, I, my overall feelings about most episodes were, oh, that was pretty good. Not great, and things some some things really annoyed me, but you know, it was all right. Uh, the few episodes that really stuck out to me, I agree with you guys. I think the asset was a good episode. I think the one-two punch of Fizzed and the Hub. Uh, early on, I think that those were that was a really good back to back set of episodes. Uh, in Fist, when you had everything with Fitz and Simmons, and uh, some nice moments with them, and then when uh, Ward has to jump out of the plane to save Simmons, I thought that was really cool. And I just loved how the hub really started to expand the world a little bit and show you more of how Shield operates. And uh, Ward and uh, Fitz had some good moments together in there. Uh, the well, I really did not like. Um, the bridge, I know you loved it, Rod. I really didn't care for that or the season finale overall. It's weird. I feel like when it comes to these big mid-season and season finales, I think the show really dropped the ball and it was just really some, some really unsatisfying conclusions. I actually really liked Seeds, which is, was the one at the Shield Academy. I thought that was pretty cool. Tracks, I agree with you, Rod. Great episode. It's weird in retrospect, uh, Simon, you were talking about how you feel like um, the show felt like it was run too much by committee. Um, looking back, I feel like there were a couple episodes that had more of, an, of, a, of a, their own kind of unique feel to them. Tracks was definitely one of those, just in terms of the way it was told non-linearly. And also, at the time, I didn't really care for it, but in retrospect, I think I've kind of warmed up to it a little bit. Repairs, the one that was that weird horror-like episode with the, the, the guy that kept disappearing and reappearing and was stalking his girlfriend. Not a great episode, but they were trying to do something interesting. Oh, yeah, with the truck at the beginning. That was a cool episode. It was a cool intro. That was a really interesting episode. I, like, I didn't love it, but it was interesting. They, like they were tr they were going for something that they hadn't tried before and I liked that. I liked it when the show at least seemed like it was trying to do something new and interesting. So yeah, repairs I thought was interesting. Seeds was good. Other than that, um turn 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 was the big episode in the second half of the season for me, which is the one where we find out that, you know, Ward is uh, actually working for Hydra and there's all of these big twists. I thought that uh, that was a pretty good episode. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think it was kind of a, a mixed bag of a season. There were some good moments and some really irritating moments. Uh, to kind of wrap things up on this discussion, I want to talk to you guys just about the characters and how the show ties into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Simon, it sounds like you weren't really particularly drawn to any of the characters other than Coulson. Uh, why do you think that is, first of all? And secondly, when it comes to how the show relates to the movies, is the fact that it had to accommodate Captain America, the Winter Soldier, was that did that hurt the show? Because I find it interesting that so many critics seem to have really enjoyed the show more 
after all of these events uh, that happened in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, that the show had to respond to. But I'm wondering, is that a flaw? Because, you know, can the show really stand on its own aside from the film? So I'm curious as to what your perspective is on all of that. Well, I mean, honestly, I would be perfectly fine if it were a more consistent supplement to the Captain America films, which it technically should be. I mean... This is a series in recent years, Ed Brubaker, the writer has sort of, the comics writer has taken Captain America and made him a part of S.H.I.E.L.D. There's always had that element of it. Um, he actually, there's like a, there's, there's a history of it. You know, he's worked with Nick Fury and, you know, there's the, the fact that they both come from the World War II background. There's, there's that aspect to the story that's always there. I guess for me, like, we were talking about consistency and for me, what bothered me about it is that a lot of times, the one thing that I can say is honestly consistent about the, the first season was the sense that you were watching something that was as glacially paced as, like, a Dragon Ball Z episode. You know, there are characters that would tell you, like, oh, yeah, let's recap what's going to happen. What are the stakes of this episode? Oh, yeah, okay, let's talk about that. Are we going to do something? No, but how about we do something? Let's do something. Okay, we're doing something. Something incremental happens. Oh, my God, episode ends. <laughs> are you saying that you did not enjoy Dragon Ball Z? Is that what I'm hearing from you? I used to watch Dragon Ball Z a lot, but, like, every episode of Dragon Ball Z used to be like, we're going to fight. I don't know if we're going to fight. I have to train to fight you. Are you going to train to fight me? I'm training right now. You think you're training, but you're not going to fight me. Fight me. I might lift a finger to fight you. I'm on fire. Next episode. (laughs) I felt like I was, like, 16 again and watching Dragon Ball Z. That was such an accurate representation. I mean, it just, it drove me crazy because it's like, there is... What the fuck? Just do something. There's, there's got to be more to it than just guys yelling at each other they're going to do something mm. and then recapping what has already happened and then for two minutes per episode just being like, you know what? You're right. We, we, should, probably, we should probably do something. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually a really accurate description of the show now, I feel like. You're right. It, it, there, were, there was a lot of time spent just reiterating what the main mysteries were. Like, oh, man. Something's up with Coulson, Tahiti, Tahiti, Tahiti. <laughs> yeah, there was there was kind of that, uh, especially at the beginning of the season. There was a lot of the cliffhanger was something we already knew, so it would be like something's wrong with Coulson, and then that would be the end. It's like, but that you can't do that nine times in a row. Um, I do, I do want to say I did feel like they did get some episode of the week type shit accomplished. Um, and so that, like, that part didn't bother me, but the major storylines with Coulson, uh, was, and Sky weren't moving forward that fast, so I can understand that complaint. I mean, I, I think more than anything, like, I yeah. actually really wish that there was a more consistent thread between the movies and the show, but even, even, like, I don't mind that it's, it's tied, that, that intrinsically ties up with the show, but, like, you know, the Hydra subplot is always, it's got to necessarily be the story of a first season of S.H.I.E.L.D. because, you know, viewers don't know what HYDRA is. The idea that, like, you have to you have to get out of the way that, like, their main opponent is a counter-spy agency called HYDRA or AIM. You have to have, like, some, some group like that. So I just wish that, that that stuff was, like, brewing early on. Like, I just wish there was a thread there that didn't just magically appear midway through because like you said with Colson and the the robot the well I, I like to think of it as the robot stuff because me and my friend Bill we used to watch this when we watched the show before he basically quit watching it with me because he got so frustrated. We used to basically spend every episode joking that every other line with Colson's like because I'm a robot. 
<laughs> or like just like I because like just like what what's going on with Colson? I'm a robot. <laughs> like, <laughs> so he's like, oh yeah, what are we gonna do now? I don't know. We have to talk to uh, to to Fury about this because I'm a robot. It just like there's it just there has to be some breaking point where someone addressed that and was just like, you know what? We should stop dicking these people around. We should just yes, I'm now, a robot. Now, or just like, Simon. Now Simon, I do feel like. You're forgetting that we had so many breaks that a recap was pretty good for the audience. Because if you're gonna take seven weeks off between episodes, you need to get mm-hmm. caught back up. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I used to, I we used to watch weekly before, um, before being, before Bill was a bitch and quit. But the thing <laughs> of it was, like, at that time, I was totally like, I was totally forgiving of a little bit of that. But when so much of it was exhaustive, like the episode you guys were talking about with, um. Where we find out that like Coulson had his brain basically reconstructed, and it's like it's such a violent scene. I felt like I was watching a totally different show because it's like it's like oh no, what are we gonna find out here? What are we gonna find out? My brain has been operated on. Just like wait, what the fuck was that? Just <laughs> hey. mm-hmm. like I mean, we were so convinced that it was a robot thing too. We were just like, well, that's different. Like it just it. It felt like they were like really drawing it out. Just like we got something up our sleeve, we got something up our sleeve. Look at everything up our sleeve. I enjoyed the draw the that scene because it was so jarring, and you know it, when it happened, I was like, I guess that would fuck a person up. You know what I mean? Like before before that, I, I just kept going. They got to show me something that I haven't guessed because. At this point, I'm rationalizing everything. Like, well, if he's a robot, then what's the fucking big deal? Because I've thought about it a thousand times. But that was the one thing they showed me where I was like, oh, okay. So he he got, he got had that fucked up thing working on his brain, and he wanted to kill himself. I guess I understand why he has, you know, issues. Suicide is a pretty, you know, suicidal impulses can be a pretty serious thing. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I do feel like they teased stuff to the point where people gave up. Um, and, and that is one of the issues with 22 episodes. Well, it's, it's basically the Clive Barker approach to like tension and building tension. It's like, you're going to really set us up and you're going to do such a good job that like, eventually you're just like, all right, now give, what have you got? And what they've got is basically just like when Clive Barker does it, it's basically a matter of like, oh, well, there's like hooks and stuff and there's like come and the blood gets in the cum and it's all psycho erotic and stuff <laughs> and it's gross and it's like it's like a 12 year old basically narrating what he thinks is like sex mm-hmm. and he's yeah. just like also really morbid and weird and he just like keeps talking and it's like verbal diarrhea and you're just like all right that's that's enough out of you Clyde. that's 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 good thank you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's like, what are we going to do with Agent Coulson? I don't know. Agent Coulson. Agent Coulson is like, all right, what have we got? Weird robot shit. But mm-hmm. he's not a robot. He's just, he was dead and they did that. And oh, by the way, he wanted to kill himself. It's like, wait. He got some Kree juice up in there too now, dog. Hold on. That shit come up. And that Guardians. When that Guardians stop, I don't want to hear this. Everybody got to go back and be like, I like that episode now. Well, I mean, I liked, I liked the fact that. The one element that I liked, I think they didn't follow through on enough, which was what you said, you know, like the the element of the fact that like this is a guy that like the thing that saved him made him want to die. You know, like that to me is like that's really that's really something to hang on to. That's something that I want to know more about. And like for the most part, it just seemed like they were going in that direction with the stuff with Sky and like 
the conspiracy that he formed with her and it's like oh i just didn't want you to have that happen to you too and and she they just basically shut down and she's just like well i'm not like you i like living la 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 whatever Mm -hmm. and he's like oh yeah Yeah, maybe it has something to do with her wait for status or something like that because they also can't find traces of that stuff in her blood or whatever and they're waiting on her powers to be revealed or whatever but um you know what makes me what what it does make me wonder is like would it have made the episode better or worse if like um part of colson's deal was like he had to mandatorily go to like a counselor because then you get to reveal some of his inner monologue through you know the therapy or whatever but then also i could see people being like man fuck this show i didn't tune in to watch therapy so what you just said rod uh about colson needing therapy you i just envisioned like a new version of the, the hbo show in treatment but with the uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters. And now I'm thinking, yes, that is what I want. I just want all of these characters in therapy so we can figure out what is going on with them. Because I, I just feel like there's there's so much that they implied about these characters that they never really confirmed. There's so much that was just left vague. There's so much we, don't, we, we never really learned about their backstories and what makes them who they are. I would love to get inside their heads a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and speaking of the characters, I don't know how you feel about this, Simon. Uh, I talked a little bit about this last week, but I feel like the main problem with the characters on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's not that they aren't interesting, and it's not that the char- the, uh, the conflicts they encounter are boring or, or aren't enjoyable a lot of the time. It's that when it comes to everything else, when it comes to their past and when it comes to things outside of the show... That, have, that, 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 that we don't get to see, I feel like they don't have lives really outside of the show. And if you compare it to, to other TV shows, like, uh, uh, like let's take another Joss Whedon show, for example, uh, Firefly. I feel like in Firefly, from the very beginning, you just get a real sense that these characters have been through a lot of stuff. And there's this real sense of camaraderie, there's this real sense of history and, tr- and trauma that they don't always go into detail about, but you, f- you feel it there. And I feel like we never quite got that with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I never felt like these characters had a past or had relationships with people outside of the show that, that really weighed on them and made them who they are. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. I mean, I know I would agree with that, certainly. Okay. okay. Um, so, yeah, I feel like the characterization in the show needs a, needs a little bit of work. My main issue actually isn't really the uh, characters' backgrounds. I, I thought the characters' backgrounds were okay. The problem I had with the backgrounds was that there was too much telling instead of showing and i think the show had the budget to to like do flashbacks to like i think that would have added a ton of stuff to the episodes like instead of having in the episode repairs where may runs off to that barn and like she tells the story of how she saved sky um even though we don't know it's sky at the time that would be so much better if you just fucking showed it like just show the shit that happened if it could be a black and white rainy flashback in some small town but it just gives you like a more um complete picture because I'm experiencing it rather than having the character tell me what happened to him. So um, you know, I would rather see more of that. Even with the ward reveal falling 
flat kind of um as well not the reveal but the the backstory episode the flashback with uh bill paxton what kind of fell flat for me i still would rather them do that than him sit around for 20 minutes being like and then you got me out of prison remember that and then you did this remember that and that's why we're cool like just fucking show well i think you can have the best of both worlds i i think if you just rely on flashbacks that that might also feel kind of forced as well. I think ideally what the show needs to be doing is letting is developing plots on a week to week basis that reveal more about the characters as they have to grapple with them. Like you brought up the example of Melinda May and her big monologue about what happened with that religious cult and when she saved Sky and and all of that. Like To me, I feel like the best way to reveal that would have been to have a plot line where they actually have to confront that cult leader again or something from that event. Someone pops up and they have to deal with it. And that's when we learn, oh, there was this whole deal with Melinda May that we didn't know about that we now get to learn about as it becomes important now in the present day. I, I think that would be the best of both worlds is to make the past relevant to the present. Yeah, you don't have to show me everything. I just want to, like, I'm not saying it's either or, but they could have shown us more, and I feel like that actually would have, um, like, uh, you know, a flashback of that story would have been better than, you know, her talking about it in the barn. Like, I just, you know, or just the vague hints around it. Like, sometimes I think showing stuff just does better um, for, for me in general. Um you know, and I think it was way more of the telling than showing. So I, I would rather, you know, hopefully they can do that more next year. But, yeah, show show me some shit, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, are there any other thoughts on season one of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Any final thoughts from anybody? I just want more darkness in, two, in 2014. They're moving to, um, to 9 o'clock, you know? Yep. That's what I've been hoping for all year. You know what I'm looking move. forward to is Agent Petty Car- Car- or Carter filling in the gaps with these breaks. Maybe. I don't know. I don't trust ABC not to fuck that up. They really screwed it over for Once Upon a Time fans when they were supposed to do Once Upon a Time in Wonderland in the middle to in that gap period and then didn't. And it was a mess. So I'm really hoping ABC learns from that and actually uses agent carter as a well as you a know people filler. can never improve if we don't start believing in them at some point and i'm gonna choose to believe in abc um uh, they seem to have a plan um you know i i started doubting agents of shield for a while and i think they saved it with the second half especially the tie-ins to captain america so i'm gonna believe marvel has a plan that is you know um that that they're working on and i i hope um my highest of hopes is that they figure a way for Agent Peggy Carter's episodes that take place in the past to affect the show in the future somehow or to explain things that are happening in the future because I feel like that would be um, really cool if they could coordinate that. And they seem to be coordinating a lot of stuff on, on Netflix and with the movies that are apparently they have like written out to like, what, 2028 or something like um, I'm, you know, I'm hoping, you know, I, I would rather hope for the best. um with this stuff then uh you know be ready to, to hate it all because uh i'd probably just want to kill myself if i did that uh no murder no suicide today yeah. well simon will you be tuning into season two or are you giving up on the show i mean there's a good chance that i'll keep it up with it but i won't do it happily i mean the thing of it is like i watch the show 
And I feel like it's taking advantage of like what I see in a lot of nerds, which is this like compulsion to basically to complete to feel like they need to follow a lot of ancillary bullshit they don't want to. They feel like there's some kind of obligation and it's like they want to keep abreast of stuff regardless of whether they, you know, whether they're actually interested in it. It's like, well, you know, Spider-Man's my guy. I'm going to see what's going to happen and, you know, I'm just going to follow through on this and <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to keep my run of this character complete and or just to understand what's going on, like I'm just going to, you know, just keep up with the stuff and part of me has lately gotten frustrated with that mentality because I succumb to it a lot and part of me is just like you know what I've been sick of the different crossovers that have been happening in Marvel titles lately and you know right now I will mostly drop a title if it's if it's you know tied into stuff like that and you know that's disappointing me because they, they got a lot of my favorite writers on it so like with this like I think I'll 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 hesitate but there's a good chance that I may try keep it up I mean, I really hope that the show holds my attention because I really want to like it. I really want them to to get some of the flavor of the comics characters I enjoy and just have fun with it. Like, honestly, I think the one thing that would make this show ten, like, just like ten times better would just be if they were to get a punch-up writer to write the dialogue. There's just a lot that would be made up for if I was, like disarmed completely by really good dialogue i, I would the meandering plots the poor characterizations i wouldn't mind if they just give me something to hold on to just something to hold my attention and i think really good dialogue would help but yeah just get a professional writer in there get some get some comics writers in there it could be kind of fun to get someone like a jason aaron or uh matt fraction just get get some consultants in there just take the extra time to make sure that this stuff actually works and is a bit more well thought out and I'll definitely be on board, but, um, I mean, I'll be on board regardless as guess I wasn't as much as I'd like to think that I can resist the siren call another Marvel comics thing. I, I, I really don't know if I'll be able to, I mean, I'll, I'll check it out, but Simon, isn't this though, the quandary of the nerd period? I mean, cause this, this is like like people are acting like that's one of the things I guess that um the reasons I enjoy this stuff is because I do remember comics being shitty. I do remember Wolverine being in every X-Men book ever. I do remember like to me, it just has moved on to a bigger stage and the same problems that plague it happen. But also for me, the same highs are there, too. It's, it's like it's never I don't think the source material was ever perfect, and I don't think there's a perfect way to, like, get it onto uh, the screen either. Like, you know, even, like, say they brought in comic book writers, then we're going to do the same thing we do in comic books. It's one guy's going to write the shit out of an arc, and you're like, oh, my God, that's the definitive arc. And then someone's going to follow it up, and you're like, why the fuck did you kill Cyclops? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, really. it's, like, it's, it's just the same shit. And I... I <laughs> I think I just have a lower a lower bar for it because I'm just like, you know, just, you know, don't like give me an hour to watch where I'm thinking about this shit instead of whatever, you know, whatever's on MSNBC and I'm good. Um, and, you know, I, they're keeping me entertained, but I understand the source material is just not it, it's it's just not Shakespeare, man. It ain't. And, and I don't think there there's very we're very rarely going to reach a level where someone is able to quote unquote fix 
and make us forget how that this is still like fair for a 13 year old. I think I think your your comments are basically they're definitely comments of someone that comics and absorbed a lot of the stuff in the 90s. There was kind of the bottom of the barrel stuff that happened a lot with Marvel and DC in terms of a lot of big crossover events like Maximum Carnage and Age of Apocalypse. Stuff that have like, in in hindsight, the stuff that nostalgia basically has turned into stuff that everyone at the time was like, oh my god, this stuff is ridiculous. Or like Heroes Reborn or the Clone Saga. Yeah. Ben Riley stuff. Yeah. Like this stuff like was at the time it was a joke and now people are just like well it was actually not that bad it's like, yeah. well, no, you, don't have to, you don't have to settle is what i'm trying to say you don't have to sell rod and i think for me like the beauty of the um the uh, trade paperback collection environment is that you can afford to to wait for stuff that you never thought would get recollected and there's just so much stuff out there you know there's, there's i i was reading this uh collection of uh this obscure 80s uh, miniseries of the demon that Matt Wagner did right after Mage. You know, this is stuff that I don't think Matt Wagner likes. It's stuff mm-hmm. that like is is just out there, and you can find it. You can you can paw through it. You just have to want to not settle for you know whatever the fuck is the current Marvel series like you know, original sin. Like you can basically vote with your wallet, and you can still support your guys. It's just that you don't need to buy everything, I guess I want to say. Yeah, well, my thing is that I i don't feel like I'm settling because I actually do enjoy these things. Like, I think uh, it's I'm kind of on the outside looking in now because, like, nerd culture has kind of reached that um, that point where, where people are, like, over it in a way, especially nerds. But um, I feel like this shit is still way better than what we grew up with. Um, it's definitely the best. Uh, time to be alive to watch uh, comic book shit uh, because it's being treated seriously. You know, we're getting James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, and fucking Hugh Jackman who could all go do some other shit than than be putting on helmets and costumes. Um, but but so I actually do think it's good and at least it's better than what we have ever gotten. I don't think it's like settling. To me, settling is, uh, you know, agents, uh, it's watching uh, um, Hasselhoff be Nick Fury is, is settling, you know, like this, this is not, you know, on a straight to TV movie. Um, uh, this is not settling, you know, really bad. That was at least memorably bad. Give it that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, yeah. That, I guess it was memorably bad, uh, for a lot of people, man, but I, I don't know, man. I, I guess I just want to go on the record before we get out of here as, as you know, I do think this shit is good. I, at least it's, it's uh, to me, it's better than the source material in most cases. And, um, at least on par with, uh, you know, a lot of stuff, uh, in the theaters, uh, in my opinion. So. All right. Well, we've been talking for around an hour, so, uh, we got to wrap things up, but before we go out, what do we, what questions do we have in the chat room? All right, let me see if we got any chat questions. Okay. Uh, we got one from Michael T. Ford. Oh, we got three questions from Michael T. Ford. Here's the first. Do you think instead of what's wrong with Colson, the central question for the first season was what's wrong with S.H.I.E.L.D.? The show would have moved, uh, I guess should have been what's wrong with S.H.I.E.L.D. The show would have moved forward better for you. If it was that, would it have moved better for you? Absolutely. Yes, because what's wrong with Coulson it stems directly from that question of what's wrong with S.H.I.E.L.D. So if they had made that the central issue, I think a lot of other things would have fallen organically into place from there. Yeah, I agree. I think they did that, too, because 
they knew that was the one thread to avengers that they had i think that was the whole like he was in avengers remember guys look at look at this guy he was in avengers then he died so like that's gonna be a thing man watch how and see what happened to him and you know at a while after a while you just don't care anymore how crazy would it have been if agents of shield had started off with with you know all we knew was that it was about shield and what if they hadn't revealed that colson was alive until like i don't know 10 episodes in that would have been crazy people would have freaked out it would have been really yeah. crazy i like colson i mean i i like having him as part of the team i just wish that it hadn't been what's wrong with colson and then oh wait now we have shield to worry about like the whole issue that they have to tie into the movies i think is very detrimental to the whole show as in its yeah, entirety i think um colson was a good rock so- and who doesn't love clark, Rick. Mm-hmm. clark i agree what a babe that's what i always say mm-hmm. super dreamy which character have you done a bigger turnaround on opinion wise i award i think that question is when Gwen has zero opinion on that. My opinion of both of them has not changed. Although I did, when I met Chloe Bennett, my opinion of her as a person changed. And so I support Sky because I think Chloe Bennett is just a delightful human being. Um, I think uh, I turned around on Ward more so than Sky um, because uh, when he became a bad guy, I just thought he was more interesting. And the character was kind of a, he was a blank slate yeah. before that. I just wanted to keep as a bad guy. Yeah, I, I turned around on Ward, and then I was kind of disappointed that they uh, left him kind of hanging there in the finale. I was I was hoping that they would do more with him in the finale. Well, his, his foot is fucked up now, so I mean, uh, he's gonna have to heal. We're gonna see. He's gonna probably have a limp next season. Uh, Simon, you said you like Colson. Yeah, Colson, to me, he got better because you know he started off as like this very milk toast take charge type and then he just kept getting his face shoved in a lot of excrement like i just i was i was really struck by how hard they wrote him and i kind of like that because you know after a certain point it just felt like before before the show i was kind of sick of him already i was like you know he pops up everywhere he's basically like the Marvel movies version of the watcher. He's just kind of like this bland character. That's like just there for the sake of continuity. And then when he started to like become a person that was like really suffering, like I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the last question is, do you think we'll get a crossover with daredevil somehow next year? Well, isn't daredevil the Netflix show? Our Netflix. uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know the rules, honestly, man. Um, but I, I do predict that if it happens, everybody will be let down by whatever it is. <laughs> That's accurate. Super accurate. Wow. We all hate all things. It's going to be him showing up as like the lawyer for Colson in a trial, and then he never turns into Daredevil, and everybody's going to be like, man, this is bullshit. No, no, no. It's going to go back to, uh, to the accurate. well, and Ward is on trial for something he did to his brother. Yeah. And uh, then, then Daredevil has to show up. Matt Murdock shows up. I'll take the case. And he gets a ward off for murder. <laughs> Accurate. And, and never put on a Daredevil costume. That's- what if Matt Murdock is Ward's brother? Hmm. <laughs> I was that maybe not the best use of the, the phrase gets off for murder that we've heard. But- <laughs> and you know what, man? When you can't see, man, a hand is a hand. 
<laughs> and with that note, I think that'll I think that's a good note to to wrap up the Shield cast for season one. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, just to just to kind of summarize things, I know Bibbs isn't here, but I get the impression that if we were kind of to rank our reactions of uh, season one of Agents of Shield, we'd have Simon at the bottom, followed by me and Gwen, followed by uh, Bibbs, and then followed by Rod, who loves the show. So I think it's really cool that Agents of Shield has, you know, for for all its faults, it's inspired a very diverse uh, range of reactions. So that's pretty cool. But uh, I think that'll wrap it up for this final episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast. Thank you to everyone who has been tuning in throughout Season 1. We really appreciate it. Uh, we, we really It means a lot that people write in and send us emails and ask us questions and show up to the, to the live chats. That's pretty awesome. It's been a lot of fun doing the show. Uh, maybe we'll be back for Season 2. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, email us at shieldcast at filmgeekradio.com or comment on the website. If you would like us to come back for Season 2, let us know. Uh, you can also leave us a voicemail through the website or by calling 336-793-2509. Uh, that really helps us uh, just hear from you and get feedback about what you liked and whether or not we should uh, come back next year. And uh, if you would really like to financially support us and 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 show your appreciation for all the hard work we've put into reviewing uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this season, be sure to go to filmgeekradio.com, click the support button, and you can uh, donate to us. That really helps us out a lot. You can also use our affiliates page to visit some of our partners, including Amazon. And uh, anything you purchase from our affiliates, if you use our website to get there, we will get a small percentage of whatever you spend. So you can go ahead and buy Season 1 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., pre-order the Blu-ray package, and uh, you can uh, help us out at the same time. And uh, as always, be sure to check out other great shows on Film Geek Radio. Uh, Cinema Fix will be back this summer. And uh, we'll also be doing a podcast about uh, the HBO series The Leftovers from Damon Lindelof. I have a lot of mixed feelings about Damon Lindelof, and I'm not sure I'm going to like the show, but we will be doing a weekly podcast all about that. So we'll have to see if it's, uh, if it's good or not. So tune into that. And uh, Simon, thank you so much for joining us on the show today and for taking time out of your Friday night to discuss Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with us. Where can people find more of your work? I neglect my letterbox under the name S A Y B R A S Time Sabrams, um, but also just generally at the Village Faces website. Common. Lately, I've been doing Vulture, um, so just around basically. Or you could follow my Twitter. My Twitter has a good collection of my writing at uh, uh, also Simon Sabrams. Um, and I would like to point out that, Simon, you write about a lot of different things. You write about movies. You write about comics. Over at the AV Club a few weeks ago, you wrote about Ghost Shark. So people should check that out if they're interested in Ghost Shark. Uh, what did you think of that? Good old Ghost Shark, yeah. Um, that was a thing that I did. Um, <laughs> Ghost Shark, Ghost it was Shark? a thing. Yeah, you need to, That means you should love this show. You know, I, I I should say yes, but at least go go shark. Yeah, you you know what else is out there is all I'm saying. Like I thought you were just on this comic book shit. Go shark versus Agents of Shield. That's what I want to see now. <laughs> Yo, if there's an episode about Go Shark next year, um, I'm gonna love it. <laughs> we should start a podcast that's only about sci-fi original movies. All right. 
Agent Gwen Reyes, where can people find more of your work? Uh, did we lose Gwen? Oh, we lost Gwen. Hold on, man. Let me uh, add her back. Sorry. Oh, wait. She's not even on. Tell her where they can find our work, Gwen. Uh, uh, Andrew? Well, you can find Gwen at realvixen.com. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at realvixen, R-E-E-L, Vixen. Rod, where can people find you? Um, first of all, make sure you guys all go to Film Geek Radio and donate so Andrew can get his internet upgraded. All right, yes, guys? definitely. <laughs> you guys should all be doing that, using that Amazon link, whatever you can. Um, and you can find me at theblackouttips.com on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podomatic. Um, just search for The Blackout Tips. And uh, our show will come up. And uh, I'm on Twitter, at Rodimus Prime. And at Rod Live Tweets, uh, for people that, you know, wanna live tweet Game of Thrones and stuff like that. And, uh, what else is back? Catfish is back. You know, bunch of, bunch of ridiculous stuff, man. Over here having fun and cracking jokes. So, uh, thanks. Uh, and thanks for having me, Andrew. It was fun. I've never done, uh, one of these weekly review podcasts before. Um, and I've come to, uh, to respect and love all of you guys, man. And thanks to all your fans and stuff for, uh, tuning in and um you know like uh writing in with your opinions for the show yeah it's been great having you on rod i know it's been rough having to deal with a bunch of people who kind of you know on a week-to-week basis we don't like the stuff that you love a lot of the time so i know that's been difficult for you but thanks for sticking with it man it's been a lot of fun uh you can find more of my work over at filmgeekradio.com i'll be co-hosting cinema fix and our leftovers podcast this summer uh, i will also be doing some more writing for moviemezzanine.com so check that out there and as always you can follow me on twitter at writer Andrew, uh, message me. Let us know what you think of Agents of Shield. Let us know what you think of all the other cool shows on TV and when what's out in theaters right now. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I think that'll wrap it up for the Agents of Shield cast, season one. Agents disassemble. This has been a Film Geek Radio production. Film Geek Radio! Yeah!